Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Hello, I'm Kelso. I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And uh, we almost just screwed up real bad and started the podcast without having the recording turned on. So that's how we're doing today. Or that's how I'm doing today. <laughs> how about y'all? Eh, could be worse. Not not getting as much sleep as I should be, but mostly my own fault for staying up and watching things. Yeah, that's that's how it be. Not enough hours in the day to get shit done and also, you know, enjoy anything. Yep. <laughs> I feel like. Watching all uh, these Let's Plays, playing all these video games. Yeah. Uh, I think I promised y'all a report um, last time of uh how we did with uh echoes of the eye yeah uh, it went really well i enjoyed it a lot um i think it is i think it's well positioned as a dlc like i don't think it would have been good enough to be called a sequel even though i've seen some people saying like oh it's kind of a stealth sequel it's it's not it's like it's DLC and it's got a lot of the like limitations of a DLC, but as a DLC, it's real, real good. Um, it's not as like tightly designed, I guess, as the original game, um, but it's sort of also limited by the fact that it all has to take place in like one location. Um, yeah, yeah. But my I, roommate I... was complaining a bit about that. Yeah, but said it was good, and he has a meme he wants to show me as soon as I've played it. I can imagine. Um, yeah, there's, you know, there's all that good Outer wild stuff of uh, exploring and finding out new things and some big surprises and, you know, rewarding you trying weird stuff and to see what happens. And um, there's an additional uh, alien race that you haven't encountered before Ooh. involved. And it's, uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, and it cool. did have... Uh, it's it had a bit of a like it's not you know the overwhelming emotional affair that the end of the original game was but uh it did add something uh like emotionally and there's a if you if you finish the DLC and then play the ending of the game again there's a there's a little added bonus to the the full ending that that changes so cool. recommend Maybe. doing that yeah i might have to i was thinking like if if i get the if i I mean, I'm gonna play the DLC at some point. I just, I just, I'm so behind on all the shit I want to play. Um, but I was thinking I might as well just replay the thing in general because it's been a few years. Yeah. So. I, I at this point, I'm completely ruined for Outer Wilds because I've watched so many Let's Plays of it that I know like where everything is by heart, pretty much. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I will probably struggle just as much in a replay as I did the first time because it's been long enough. Um, and though I do, I will not play the first couple hours of the game not knowing that there is an autopilot to land your ship. That part is burned into my brain. Um, yeah. Uh, yep, there's that. They uh, they uh, At the beginning of the DLC, they also make a point of notifying you like, hey... Did you know there's a feature in your log where if you've been to a place once, you can, like, mark it on your HUD and then, like, it will automatically show you where it is so you don't have to go, like, find it from scratch every time? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that would have been nice to know for the finale last time. Yeah. 
well, what are you gonna do? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I I like I still haven't played the DLC for Necrobarista. Like neither have I. Really I, I, that one. I don't know no, if I really will. good. Yeah. I I kind of want to, but also I kind of don't because that game ruined me so much the first time I played it. Uh, extra yeah. like DLC or whatever. It's not that long, so I'm not sure you can call it a DLC, but it's free. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it was not technically DLC. It was like updates, updated like extra content. I don't know, hmm. episodes, whatever. But it's kind of sad. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. That's what I'm expecting. <laughs> oh well. Anybody else play or watch anything interesting in the past couple weeks? Um, eh. I played MMOs. Nice. Good. Uh... I also became. I was about to say an uncle, but that does not translate. But my brother had his first kid. Nice. Nice. Well, no, I think saying you saying you became an uncle is a is a reasonable thing to say. Yeah, yeah, but like here we difference. It's a difference between like my brother's children and my sister's children. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. That's that's cool. So this is the first time I've become like a father bro, as we say. Ah, cool. Well, congrats. That's that's very exciting. Welcome to the world, small tiny person. I oh. hope they. Uh... Here's hoping that they uh, can grow up in a mostly pandemic-free world, but by the time they're yeah. old enough to, like, remember things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've I been, try not to think about it. Yeah, I've been thinking about it more than I should lately. <laughs> about, like, how, you know, is this a new permanent state of affairs? Is this just the way things are now? But let's yep. not. Let's not get into it. Uh, <clears throat> I did finish watching the um, the Let's Play of Psychonauts 2 that I was watching, because I don't oh, actually yeah. intend to play that myself. Although Huck is playing it. Uh, since we got Game Pass for, we got like a free, you know, month, not free, but like the, the special intro offers like a dollar for the first month of Game Pass. So... Since mm -hmm. I was getting that for uh, this week's game, Huck also got Psychonauts 2, and he's been playing it. Um, but I finished the Let's Play, and I gotta say, like, you know, barring, like, I can't really speak to how well the gameplay has improved, but I really am impressed with some of the things they did story-wise. Like, it seems like they really took the whole you're going into someone's brain thing, like, a lot more seriously and thoughtfully this time around. Yeah. In the first game, in a lot of ways, it feels like, well, we've got all these ideas and we need a framework for them. Mm -hmm. um, and the second game actually feels like it utilizes the framework in itself um, much more effectively. Yeah, like it's it's like, hey, we have some characters who have like interesting sort of mental states. Like, let's use this game to expand those as full metaphors into something like weird and cool. Yeah. Fucking, uh, now I can't, now I can't remember the, the name, um, oh, the, the old guy. Why Ford? can't I remember? Yes, Ford, Ford Cruller. Yeah, actually, like, dealing with all of his trauma was cool, but also very sad. Yeah. 
No spoilers. I'm in yep. Forge Brain right now. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Which one? It no spoilers. First time. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah, but I... Uh... I was I was impressed. I'm glad that they got a chance to make a sequel, and I'm glad that they like did something interesting with the sequel rather than just coasting on the stuff that people liked about the first one. It's a hard thing to do, and I feel like they pulled it off. Although, again, I did not like actually play it, so I can't speak to any of the gameplay. Eh, that's fair. I mean, the gameplay is fine. It it honestly it doesn't feel it's that much very different much the first it's one. Psychonauts. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it is the same game. The same. Um, Just hopefully, with some of the slightly rougher edges polished stuff. Yeah, nope. it's been oh no, it's pretty much it's the been, same. <laughs> it's been so long since I played the first one that I don't remember exactly like the feel of it. So it maybe there's like some some very very minor changes in terms of like making it, you know, slightly improved. But overall, the the overall effect is yeah, basically identical. But that's fine. It's it had some it had a little bit of I mean it had its issues the first game, but it wasn't like bad bad. Sort of like I don't know if we're ready to um yeah, to go, for go it. into what we're playing, but uh sort of like the game that we played for today's episode, um, which is Sable. Um yep. which was developed by Shedworks and published by Raw Fury. I you know, I can't say that I have played a game um with with so many very significant bugs that I still just enjoyed so thoroughly. It is it is full of what I would affectionately call jank. Yeah. It this well, game jank, definitely But I didn't have any game breaking stuff. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it depends on what Thank you define you. as game breaking. I did have a few bugs that forced me to quit out to the menu and come back in. Uh That's in order what I to... define as game breaking. Yeah, I had a number of those. Mostly, mostly around um, store menus, like when talking to people and trying to buy things. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? I forgot about that one. That one only happened to me like once or twice. But yeah, that that one. Yeah, that was probably the worst one. I had like two or three different bugs around uh, the store menus. Uh, some one was related to like being in a menu, but like the light, left and right arrows just ceased functioning, so I couldn't. Um, by which I mean like the the controller stick because I was using the controller. But uh, yeah, so like I was unable to select any item in a store menu. And the other one w I got was uh, when I switched to selling items. I was unable to switch back to buying items because every time I would switch back and select an item, it would automatically move me to the the selling items screen again. Yeah, that one's pretty bad. Um, I, yeah, we played Sable. Yeah, we played Sable. Um, yep. Sable, which is a climbing, floating, exploring, uh, driving a bike around the desert, coming of age. Yep. Game. It's... It it was last last week I had or last episode I had been kind of intrigued to hear it described as uh, similar to a short hike, and I I totally see where that was coming from. It's kind of mm -hmm. like weirdly an amalgamation of a short hike and Breath of the Wild of all it's things. A lot of Breath of the Wild. It's a lot yeah, of Breath of the Wild. A lot of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, which is not like a those two seem like very different games. 
Like they have, they don't have a ton in common, but what they have in common is like this game, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I am all for uh, games that in where the primary gameplay is climbing up things and then gliding off of them. Like more of that, please. Yeah, I like. I mean, I I enjoy any game where the <clears throat> one of the main things you do is just kind of explore, walk around, talk to people. Mm -hmm. Occasionally do like, shit for them. Yeah, occasionally do a thing. Um, yeah, just kind of revel in the environments. Um, yeah, and it's... So this is a game we were watching for, like, a really long time because they've been posting their um, their post-processing filter, their, like, shaders on Twitter for ages and ages, and they looked super, super gorgeous. Um, and I don't know what I was expecting from, like, you know, gifts of, like, cool speeder bike in the desert thing, but I don't think it was this. Like, I'm not disappointed, but this is not what I would have called this game being about from just, uh, from just looking from the outside. Yeah. You've got some, like, post-post-apocalypse. Not even, it's not really even apocalypse. It's just, like, very, very far future, like speculative sci-fi business yeah it feels it feels post-apocalyptic because the place is full of like the ruins of crashed spaceships everywhere and uh the people who are there like do not have the level of technology to build spaceships so mm -hmm. it's clearly a like you know some there was some greater technology um group or race in the past that is not there anymore and that makes it feel post-apocalyptic um, but yeah, yeah, you do find out. I don't know. I don't know if you did all of the um. The I, ship I did. Log. Okay, yeah, you do find out that it. See, and this is why I don't call it post-apocalyptic. It's because their ship crashed there, and they just terraformed the planet. Yep. So there wasn't really an apocalypse, except for the one that they kind of caused with their nuclear reactor on their ship. Yeah. Um, but they're like Jesus. Like this, you know, we're pouring so much toxin in the air. Like our kids are gonna have to wear like gas masks to go outside for like at least the next like three generations or whatever. And mm -hmm. uh, as it turns out, everyone in the society wears masks and like masks are very culturally important to them. Um, and so, you know, that's a cute little tie in. Yeah. It's like minute of violence, but less sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I kind of really like the premise of this culture. So, um, this planet, and in fact, the reason why this ship crashed in the first place, uh, is surrounded by some kind of force uh, called the Perpetual. And it it's unclear, like, how much this is, like, a scientific force or a religious thing or a... Um, some kind of weird magical thing, but they, they treat it as a goddess... Uh, who, and like they, it can give them certain special powers. Specifically, if you bring this stone to the goddess to get it powered up, uh, it lets you float. So you, when you're falling off something, you can just, uh, you know, I don't know, concentrate on your stone or whatever. And it puts you in a little bubble and you can float down places. And that's like the main mechanic of the game. Um, but the, the culture of this little, uh, this little desert world is that uh, when you hit a certain age, you go on your gliding, which is you go get this gliding stone and then you go out and just explore the world for a while and learn about 
like the different types of people in the world and all the different things they do. And the more you like help people out and learn about the things they do, the more they give you badges about that like show that you've been participating. And then once you have three badges of a kind, you can get it turned into a mask uh, that represents that basically like job. And you, once you're, you know, you're done with your gliding when you decide which mask you want, like what you want to be when you grow up, basically. I'm like, that's a pretty cool system. <laughs> it's like not the best system, but like that's not bad that they like let their kids like learn about all different jobs before like picking what they want to be. Yeah, thinking about that really made me sad. Like, why don't I get to go on a gliding? I think I would have been, I would have, I think I would have had a better time of things if I had been afforded the opportunity to do my gliding uh, yeah. instead of the regular system, which is uh, forcing uh, basically a child to decide what they want to do for the rest of their life uh, immediately. Yep. But, you know, there you have it. Yeah, so you kind of just get let out into the world and you meet people and you do quests for them and you collect badges and you horrifyingly turn them into masks. Yeah, that's really upsetting. <laughs> God, that I was not expecting. So the way you the the way the masks work is you take three badges to um a, a person. There are Mask various caster. camps. Yeah, there are various camps throughout the world and each of the camps has a mask caster sitting in like a dark misty like smoky little tent off to the side of the camp and you give them your badges and uh it's unclear but the mask caster's own mask breaks open and there's just a white void inside of their robes and you reach in and apparently you pull out a mask very upsetting the first time that happened i was i was uh not expecting it yeah freaks me out yeah it's there's a few like real odd touches that make the game a little surreal yeah uh like also the main way that you gain like you don't there's not a lot of gaining new abilities in this game like pretty much most of what you do upgrade wise is you can like make your bike slightly better um but the only thing that you can do to make yourself to give yourself any new powers uh is to find chums, uh, which are these weird little worm things in that are scattered throughout the desert. And when you talk mm -hmm. to them... Hmm? We all know that they're Koroks. They're basically, basically. Koroks, yeah. Um, and they'll when you find them, they'll like burrow underground and give you an egg. And if you take the egg to their giant pink worm queen, <laughs> then she will cry a tear, and that tear will make you better at climbing. It gives yeah. you a stamina boost, which is, like, cool and weird and, like, not... <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. I do love the chum queen. She's very sweet. She is very she nice. Just, she just loves her children. She wants them to be happy and safe and together. That's the yeah. kind of mom I can get behind. Um, yeah. And you really get used to, like, keeping your eyes peeled for, like, something little and wiggly in the distance that you <laughs> float over to. Yeah, I uh, yeah, it really puts you into the habit of just climbing to the top of everything you can find. Um, yep. A, because there's a pretty high chance that there will just be a chum up there, and B, if you're up high, you can look into the distance for other chums. Yep. Climb high so you can get stuff to climb higher. 
basically. Yeah, basically. Uh, um, so in a game about climbing and gliding, the best place to be is the top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even there were, there's some rocky design stuff. Like there were definitely times where I climbed a place and I'm like, there absolutely should have been something here. This was so hard to get to. Why did you make me do this? Um, But most of the time you were rewarded with a chum somewhere. Yeah, it's most of the chums are near other things that are noteworthy. There's not, I didn't find a lot of chums that were just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. and you learn kind of fast that, like, you skip the in-the-middle-of-nowhere places. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, let's see, what else? There are, um, I'm just thinking of, like, landmarks. So there's camps, there's... Balloons. Balloons, yeah, the cartographer's balloons. Um, yep, that's there how are, you I think unlock there's... new map segments. They're basically yeah. that that staple of all open-world games now, which is, like the watchtower that reveals the current map section. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think there's like six six map sec- like six areas of the map mm-hmm. that each kind of have their own visually distinct flavor. Um, and every section of the map has a cartographer somewhere way, way, way up high because they travel around in um, hot air balloons. And you go up to them and you can buy uh, a map for the area and you can also buy the cartographer's badge from them. Let's see, there's there's wrecked ships. Every zone has at least one wrecked ship, and some of them will have a second, like, special ship. Um, and those you explore to find out about, you know, the, the past and the how the planet world, was terraformed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you get all of them, if you go to all of the ships, there's like there's like an AI inside of each of the cockpits, and you get, like, a message of, you know, I, I guess like a black box recording kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you go to the big, big ship, uh, after you've done all of them, you can get uh, an outfit and uh, a speeder bike. Yeah, I I was so sad that the speeder bike that you get from the whale uh, is not as good as the parts you can just buy in Ecria. Yeah. One thing that I didn't do, um, I guess, well, one of the other things on the map is there are... Uh, Every region also has a series of rings, and if you fly through all of them, it unlocks it like this big shrine kind of thing comes out of the ground. And if you take the artifact that you find in each of the shrine to a different shrine, then um, the machinist there will basically decipher the text that comes up when you put the the shrine, or not the shrine, the artifacts into the little pedestals. Um, It turns out they're like trophies for racing speeder bikes good. And you get another speeder bike from that. But I didn't actually get the speeder bike because after you collect all of the, like, artifacts, the machinist says, oh, well, give me a few days to decipher this text. And at that point, I was at the very end of the game. And I was like, no, I'm not waiting. Fair. Yeah, but the reward for that is another bike. And I was, I would be curious to see if it was, again, not as good as... I will say, I did not care about any of the upgrades except for the stamina. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it didn't matter and it was like the reward for a lot of stuff yeah and i mean also a lot of the stuff that you get is like pretty aesthetic like new colors for your bike and new clothes you can wear that don't do anything and it's like well that's nice um but yeah it doesn't it It could be nicer it's uh it's interesting how much like you can there's like a very clear set of tiers of like what is 
a reward, right? Like number one best type of reward thing that better helps you do the main thing you that you do in the game, right? Thing that helps you climb um, and run and like be be better at the game. Like that's number one tier rewards. Number two tier reward thing that's like an ancillary activity that you do in the game but doesn't have like isn't the main thing right which is bike upgrades like it's not you get where you're going slightly faster and you have slightly more uh, slightly fewer nose pirouettes if you have better handling um yeah. uh but the uh you know like that's that's like a a far down tier 2 and then an even further down tier 3 is like any and all aesthetic upgrades <laughs> right like that's like yep that's nice thank you yeah. um and and like it it became very much like anything that like for me uh getting getting cuz you can get chests as well that just have money in them and you can also get scrap that has um that can be traded in for money and money can be used to buy bike parts and so for me, like scrap and money was like a better reward than actually getting like colors and clothing. Yeah. Like, ah, yes, I can use this to buy more bike parts. Uh, yeah, turning in the scrap also gets you um, badges too. Yep. Which I think that was the first, the first mask that I was able to get was the scrappers. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. So I have a dumb story. This is my dumb story about this game. It would have been the cartographer's badge, but the um the second cartographer. Well, I guess assuming you go, um, straight from Burnt Oak, Burnt Oak Station to um Ecria, the so it would be the second cartographer uh that you see. It's at the top of a big tower made out of like pink sandstone, mm-hmm. um, and you you climb the stairs except the stair the way to get to the stairs is at the end of a curved hallway and there's nothing else down that hallway there's a blank wall and then immediately to the right is the the doorway i went all almost all the way around that curve did not see the door because of the curvature of the hallway but i did see the empty end of the hallway and thought oh there's nothing over here guess i turn around i did not get to that cartographer until I had upgraded my stamina almost all the way and climbed up the outside. The outside, I was gonna say. <laughs> yep. 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 So that was I uh, had... that was. My, I mean, my this big dumb. <laughs> this game has a very specific art style, and that makes it hard sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like the queuing could use some work. Um, and and some of it is the art style, uh, like in the post processing filter, um, but some of it is also just like not very good queuing. Like there's uh, in all the yeah. down ships you go to, um, you mostly can't climb on any of the metal surfaces, so they kind of take away your climbing when you're in these down spaceships. Except sometimes, sometimes there's just surfaces in there that you can climb that had no indication that you could climb them. Sometimes there are ones that are well cued, like ones that look like they're covered in like a mesh of some kind. And you're like, okay, cool. I can clearly climb that. But sometimes there's just like in in the whale, there's these big like brown pillars that you can just climb. And it's I don't know why. Like they're in the ship. I don't think they're made of stone. I think they're made of metal like everything else. But those you can climb for some reason. I guess I didn't realize that there were like non 
um, like non-graded surfaces in the ships that you could climb. I wonder if that, I have to wonder, and always is the case, you have to wonder if that's a bug. Um, because I also ran into surfaces that I was going to try to climb. Uh, and no, it just turned out that you just clipped straight through them. Just straight through them. Oh my god, the, yeah, the number yeah, of times yeah. I went to land on something and it had no geometry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's always some embarrassing. Some issues with collision. Yep. Yeah, definitely some collision issues. Um, There's also some issues with the camera uh, constantly dipping into places it shouldn't and getting caught like on strange things. Um, mm -hmm. There mm. was uh, there's some issues with the climbing generally has a little bit of jank where sometimes like you can uh, when you run out of stamina, if you just like stand and walk, if it depending on the angle, you can sort of stay where you are instead of sliding down, <laughs> then restore your stamina and keep climbing. Yeah. Um, I had... can jump up oh, slopes. Hmm? You can yeah. jump up some slopes. Yep. I yep. had also a lot of um, audio bugs. Those were the interesting ones. The um, the big sound cue that plays when you um, when you go through the series of rings and the the shrine rises up out of the out of the sand. It's like a like like that kind of thing. That sound would just randomly play for me all of the fucking time, like always. Uh, it didn't help if I quit out of the game and went back in. That sound would just play sometimes for no reason for me. Um, which, again, not game-breaking. Definitely goofy and a little annoying. Yeah, but... there were definitely occasionally dramatic sound effects that happened to me out in the wilderness that I'm like, where did that even come from? What is Is something supposed to be being indicated to me? Yeah. The first the first time it happened, I thought I had like leveled up my bike somehow or something. Because <laughs> I'm like, this sounds like a you know like my bike engine noise, but also like a reward noise. I don't. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, strange. But well, what are you gonna do? I love the blending of like sort of sci-fi and fantasy in this world building um, because I was just thinking about the bike. Your bike is supposed to be sort of a character. There's like a, a class of people in this world called the machinists who believe in like the spirits of machines uh, and they give your bike a name Simoon and you can like call to Simoon like you can whistle Simoon like it's fucking Epona. Um <laughs> And that it will sometimes works. Yeah, I was gonna say occasionally <laughs> it will even come when you call. Uh, it's yeah. it's uh, it will start towards you, but it has really abysmal pathfinding. So the the odds of it getting to you if you are if you have anything more than a flat plane between you and the bike are pretty slim. Yeah. Also, uh, the bike frequently will just disappear completely. Um, yes. That's that's not too bad of a fix. Usually, you can just fast travel somewhere else, and it'll follow you and show up. Sometimes you got to fast travel a couple times. I sometimes had to fast travel like twice before my bike would show up again. Uh, but you know, honestly, surprised this game has instant fast travel from anywhere. This seems like this is such a game about like wandering and exploration that having arbitrary fast travel whenever you want seems like not in in line with the design aesthetic but it i was also so grateful to have it yes so was i yes it's one of my most biggest gripes with this game actually is like you have this really cool bike 
and then you do everything to not ride it. Like you have the terrain that isn't really smooth to ride mm-hmm. in like five you... of the six areas. Yep, and you have you spend so much time climbing and gliding between things high up where you you can't have your bike with you anyway. And, I don't know. I yeah. I feel like I did spend quite a lot of time on my bike just because, like, philosophically, it felt wrong to me to, like, if I was just going within a region or like between two regions that were next to each other, I would try to ride my bike instead of fast travel. If I had to go like all the way across the fucking map, then yes, I would fast travel. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It it felt like just uh better to yeah just get on the bike. It's fine. Yeah, it and you do you do have fun. to ride the bike to get to a new place for the first time usually mm-hmm. um although i i explored so much of the like old shipyards area on foot because i had just like glided there from a tall place and simoon the bike couldn't reach me and uh i was like fuck it i'll just walk and there's so it's so, it takes so long to walk through that shipyard yeah and there's really like not very much there yeah, really I, I I spent so much time trying to figure up figure out how to get up that tower, um, because like the way you actually get up is such a roundabout route that goes in the completely opposite direction. That I was like, there must be like something I can jump to on the outside here, or some like internal stairs that I can get to, or something. But no, you have to follow the honestly pretty well laid out path of climbable era like surfaces. To just go all around the shipyard and then finally curve back higher up and and jump over. Yeah, I will say it is nice that um, like they don't they don't make it too difficult or like unintuitive. Like if there's a high place, they usually mark out the path pretty pretty well for you. Yeah. And it's kind of if you want to make it a shortcut, if you've got the stamina and the uh the 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 daring to do so, you. Most of the time, you kind of can. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have to jank it a little bit, like yeah, find the tiny the the tiny ledge in the polygons that you can stand on that you shouldn't be able to. And yeah, the ledge that's at just the right angle. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, the I had five ca- cartographers badges before I had enough for any other maps. Yeah, uh, I think you had six. Yeah, there are six total. I, it, I you don't get anything for getting all six, but. Yeah, I stopped buying them after I had three because I figured bike parts. I got to save my money for bike parts. Yes, yeah, no, that was wise. Um, um, and then I, I ended up once I got the speeder bike, I stuck with that for a long, long time. Um, and then once I got the lightning bike, I used yeah. a combination of the two, and that was like my my real my good bike, my real good bike. I did like the lightning parts a lot, but by that by that point, I had all of the Ecria parts, and they're just better than all the others. So I couldn't. Yeah. I I tried to switch to the back end only of the lightning bike, but I think it like made it weirdly like end heavy or something because I was like doing constant nose pirouettes on the bike. The bike is very floaty, as mm-hmm. you know would be imagined from a floating speeder bike um so that's a lot of times if you go over like a small bump your bike will pitch forward and land on its nose and do a bunch of little spinnies on its nose yeah (laughs) it's very annoying and i gotta tell you for someone who gets nauseous in uh in 3d games this was a 
this was a rough start. And I think mostly it was rough because uh, the frame rate kept tanking. Uh, my computer could not really handle a lot of the post-processing effects. And so luckily the game has like five or six different frame rate settings. So I was able to mess with it until I got to a point where it mostly had a fairly smooth frame rate. Um, but especially when I would go into some place with like very dense lines where the, the post-processing filter had to work really hard, yeah. which is to say any indoor space in any of the space spaceships, basically. Um then the frame rate would would tank a bunch and like if i moved the camera too suddenly it would like swoop and jitter and make me like real nauseous yeah i think the worst the worst time i had with frame rates was in any any outdoor area with foliage lots of foliage there were a couple forest zones and those were not great. oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but... the, the the like palm tree forest and the petrified forest were both mm -hmm. yeah not a good time yeah I think the palm tree forest was probably the worst, but yeah. Um, and it's all cool. Like it looks awesome. I understand why they like have the style they do. And like, I really, you know, there's a reason that we were just watching these gifs for the post-processing um, and the shaders, but like, oof, in practice, it's a bit, it's a bit rough. Yeah. Um, I want to, I'm also not, Huge fan of a lot of the indoor areas in terms yeah. of how they look. Yeah, I could see that. They definitely like they're much they're much more cluttered. They're much like less like visually interesting. Um they're very self similar to each other. Um also a lot of it is just brown. Yeah, it's all like browns and grays. Uh, I think it's like a good contrast to the outdoor spaces like you really do feel kind of like claustrophobic and uncomfortable to be in these like metal spaces which i i assume is an intentional like aesthetic design choice but also you know the downside of making a space feel claustrophobic and uncomfortable to be in is you then feel claustrophobic and uncomfortable when you're in it so yeah um I don't know. I don't know, like, what the best way is to go about talking about the, like, we've, you know, we've talked about the game, but I don't know. What what do we want to do? Do we want to do, like, what's your, what, sightseeing hour? What's your favorite landmark? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, there's some really good ones. I, towards the end of the game, I finally had enough stamina to go up um, what I was calling the Oasis, which is, I think it's outside of Ecria somewhere. Uh, maybe it's not, but it's uh, it's basically a big, um, like cement cylinder that's perfectly round um, that it, you can climb up into the top of, and it seems to be when you get up there, it seems like maybe it was like an old engine or something that just like got half buried in the desert. It looks almost like a volcano, but it's got like little palm trees growing so, out the top. Do you want to know what that's actually connected to? Is it connected to something? It's connected to something, yeah. You know the big petrified sandworm? Yes. The big petrified sandworm. I had to look this up because I was like, there's a, there's a, you, you climb up to the top of it and you're in this mountain. Oh, there's the a journal worm. there. The worm. This was not well cued at all. Um, and I'm glad I looked it up. If you whistle, 
the the little plant in there grows like a fleshy blob and you drop the fleshy blob into the little pool of acid and that opens the worm the worm is an entire dungeon that you go through and it's like a living fleshy like pulsating interior of this worm and you see all these journal entries left by the same person as they're slowly going insane hearing the voice of the worm in their head and making sacrifices to the worm um and at the end of the desert or at the end of the dungeon you get the sandworm mask which is horrifying they're like the tech the flavor text is like it looks like it's made out of baby sandworms and are those real teeth um and then you can't go back the way you came so the way you get out is through like a big vertical tunnel um, where you ah. you you do the 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 flesh blobs and acid puzzle to raise the water level, and it spits you out in that oasis. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I Not- was I got up there, and I was like, man, it was a lot of trouble to get up here for like one chum and some dragonflies. Yeah. Yeah. That that's yeah. So that's like the the butt end of the the sandworm. Like I said, the sandworm was not very well cued unfortunately because it's like what what else do you use the whistling for besides calling your bike nothing yeah. up until this point and i i got to it pretty late in the game theoretically you could you know that's a that's not something you're going to come across immediately um, yeah interesting i guess i should have spent more time exploring the sandworm um yeah. i got i got like most of the way through a lot of things i feel like like i did the the mystery thing in ecria but i didn't find enough clues to actually solve it um, I got four of the presumably six, uh, like, racing relics. Um, I don't know. I did complete all of the stuff that, uh, all of the down ships to get the thing in the whale. Um, I got, I think, all but ten of the chums. Not not because I was trying to be completionist, but I just happened to find a lot of them, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> um... There was definitely there was definitely like a little ship type thing in um in one of the south desert areas with a bunch of red ringed or orange ringed beetles that clearly had something you were supposed to do to like turn it on and get inside it but I couldn't figure out what it was so I just left it. Uh, yeah, that one it 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 doesn't get it gives you like a pair of pants I think if you go in there. Yeah. It's like you have to go into there's like two chunks of ship and I think you go into one chunk of ship and you find a battery there, you drop the battery out and put it in, like, one of the little battery mm-hmm. terminals outside, and then that opens the door to this other part of the ship. But yeah, it's just a pair of pants or a shirt or something in there. So yeah. it's not it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, and I, I ended up with disappointingly few masks. I, I probably would have, like, if it weren't for the time limit on the podcast, I probably would have been more completionist about it. Um but I, I I was the most disappointed that I did not end up with a climber's mask because that probably would have been the mask I chose. But I was only able to find like one climber that I actually got a badge from and then one who wanted me to like find something, find a shiny mask to like help him on his quest. And I was not able to figure out what that was. So I just abandoned it. I... Same. I, I looked it up and it's the machinist ba- mask. I was, yeah. I was wearing the machinist's mask and I went back to him and he did not have, and it was just like, you know, he's, you know, he says you should find a shiny mask. Goodbye. Like it you, didn't advance uh, the quest. The, you gotta, the quest is to scare away the bird at the top. Okay. Yeah. You got to actually climb up to the bird and scare it away. 
I I figured like there was no way I could get high enough to get to the bird, like without like maxed out stamina, which I never got. Did you use the geysers? How do you use the geysers? I do. Are you, you supposed to? <laughs> you just. I know it's it's not very well cued. Um, you just stand in it until it pops off and it shoots you up. I thought yeah, for sure again. like I would be able to like float on the one of these geysers in my bubble, but it does not. It does not float you in the bubble form. Yeah, it doesn't float you in the bubble form, which is stupid. Yeah, you actually have to stand in it. You can't. You have to go into it and wait. Like so, if it if it has just gone off. And you mm-hmm. go into it while it's going off. That doesn't count. You have to wait for it to like subside, and then wait some more for it to start going again. And then once it pops off, it'll like pop you that's, up once. That's so dumb because yeah. I I definitely like wa- walked into it and like tried jumping and bubbling and like huh doesn't do anything. I guess this is not interactable. That's a shame. It seems like it, you should be able to use it to launch, and you fucking like ah that makes me mad. Yeah, it's the same with in in a lot of the ships. There's the puzzles involving the the big pistons mm-hmm. to to throw the batteries around, and I I could never tell if those are supposed to also launch you or if they were not, because like it seemed like maybe one third of the time or one quarter of the time it would actually launch me as well as the battery, um, and then sometimes it just I- didn't. I always got launched by those pistons. It was just a matter of like where I and the battery landed was more or less random. Mm. Yeah, it 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 wouldn't launch me all the time, um, which was annoying. Although maybe you have to be holding the battery. It always launched me when I was holding the battery, but sometimes I would want to use it just to fling myself, and it wouldn't. Interesting. God, this game has so much jank. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it really like was missing some polish programming wise not just yeah. programming wise but like in some ways like some system and design elements too but uh yeah it yeah. felt like it uh it needed another few months in the oven or something although i don't know depending on the the nature of the team and their skill sets it could be that like this is the best they could get it <laughs> they're like it's you know it's this or nothing i think the team is two people yeah, I wasn't sure. The studio, in the credits, the studio is listed as two people, and then, like, the devs on the game is, like, 11 people. So, I don't know. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if it's a small team, sometimes you you do the best you can, and that's what you get. Uh, I, it's a game, yeah, it's definitely a game that I was, like, willing to forgive a lot of jank because it was like just such a chill and relaxing experience otherwise mm-hmm. yeah i i agree it's like this is one of those situations where i feel like we're really slagging off on it it's it's hard for me to overstate how much i actually enjoyed playing this game though yeah despite everything so that's where we are at just, just go into it knowing that it's like an indie game and it will have some trouble and i as i said there was nothing that was so bad that i couldn't fix it by either quitting out to menu um and and then just coming back in or when the bug involved not being able to quit out to menu switching from controller to like pc uh like keyboard controls in order to like fix the menu well, that's good to know. I didn't know that would work. Uh, yeah, I never... There were a few times there were, like, especially towards the end of my playthrough, there were a few times when I 
thought I was going to have to crash the game because the menu system was just so broken that I couldn't get to, like, save and quit. Um, but in all cases, I was able to just, like, fiddle with the keyboard enough to, like, get it to kind of respond and get actually get out properly. So, yeah. Yeah. So other other favorite locations. I loved the uh the like crystal lightning farm space. That was really cool. Yeah, the crystal lightning farm was cool. Um the the bridge of the betrayed was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. There are like um, there are like the puzzle, six the puzzle was stupid. Yeah, the puzzle was stupid. I looked up the puzzle and I was I I I heard the the clue and I'm like this sounds like it's a time of day puzzle. I'm not going to just stand here all day trying to figure out like when the right time is. So I looked it up and it was a time of day puzzle. And you solved it by standing there. Yeah, well, I I solved it by like looking the thing said like, "Oh, you know, the the time to do this is like early in the day right after dawn." So I basically just did my own shit until I noticed it was dawn and then fast traveled back to the bridge and that worked. I got lucky in that I happened to be there at the right time. Nice. When I got there. So I was like, well, is this supposed to be a puzzle? The door just opened. And then I realized that it was a puzzle. I have another interesting thing about that. I stood facing it and tabbed out. And the game still plays while it's tabbed out. Mm -hmm. However, it does not trigger Ooh. The opening. Interesting. Really? Huh. Yeah. I That's did unfortunate. I did something like that with the like the one sun temple place, the like giant sundial thing that you have to do for one of the machinists. Um I went to like I, I when I got there, I was like it was towards the end of the day, so while I was working on the puzzle it became nighttime and I'm like, well dang it. So I just like tabbed out and let the night play basically and did other stuff. And then when it looked like it was close to daytime, I tabbed back in back in. So at least I was in focus when the important parts happened. So I did not run into that issue. But yeah. Yeah, I think I just left it up and like went and fixed myself a snack or something. Like I just left the room, you know. Yeah. But that was a cool, cool area. I also got into that room kind of by accident because, you know, you know your girl sees a big structure and she's going to climb it instead of just going in through the front door. Yep. So I climbed all the way to the top of the building and that dome doesn't have collision because you get in there and the dome, you there's like, you trigger the dome to open. So I just fell through the dome and was like, <laughs> oh, I guess, uh, I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. So. Oh, God. The number of times when I was, like, floating towards something and, like, I'm just going to grab onto that and <laughs> just went right through it. Yeah. We, 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 we glide too far for our own good. I'm sure we're trying to land on shit that we're just not supposed to be landing on, but, yep. uh, you know. Yeah. Other, other fun landmarks of note. The, honestly, the Queen Chum's lair is pretty cool, too. Uh, that's mm-hmm. th- that's one that I climbed up the outside of instead of finding the door. <laughs> yeah, same. I I did actually find the door, but I think that's only because I happened to approach it from just the right angle. Um, I could I could see the door being really difficult to find if you yeah didn't you don't just know stumble it's there. on it. Yeah, 
But I was glad I was glad I found it because it, the second that I found a chum and got an egg and saw oh that egg's in my inventory and it's saying I should turn these in somewhere I was like I gotta fucking find I gotta find it I gotta know where to turn these in. Yep. Like it became just my compulsion. Um, let's see what else. Ecria is a nice little city. Ecria is definitely the biggest city in the game. I got I lost Ecria. in their roads a lot because it's so there's so many different paths. Yeah, you just hop up on the roof. That's how I always got where I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, it's it oh, is definitely no yeah, definitely it feels more like bustling and city like than than pretty much any place else. Um, I I really like some of the weird, like maybe science, maybe magic, maybe religious stuff they have going on. Uh, in like a lot of the temple spaces, feel like this. Like they've got these old, worn statues with these giant mask faces that are also doors that you know like have like glowy tech uh platforms but also like weird mystical uh ribbons of color and stuff like all those spaces are really neat and weird and i like them a lot mm -hmm. i appreciate the um the, the the way the culture of the world i guess was constructed because it's you know seemingly primitive like desert dwelly nomadic um lots of like mysticism etc but then the technology is not as uh primitive as you would expect i think i think while the power is out in ecria you get to ecria and the power is out and there's a big long quest line involving like turning the power back on but you go talk to the doctor either before or after and they're talking about like ah oh, we need the power to back on because our our artificial wombs and our our like highly articulated prosthetic lab isn't working without the without the power on like oh yeah. that's some pretty advanced shit you got going on yeah. there and they do have like these speeder bikes and stuff yeah. but which is like pretty advanced technology but also they it has like this spiritual component to it because the machinists talk about how like oh yes all of the machines have an internal spirit and if you like listen closely you can hear the voices of them and you know they exist even without their component parts and so mm -hmm. it's it's like technological but also infused with this sort of mysticism that's that gives it a real cool blend um i wish that the the boat the boat bike actually let me fly um if you if you go up to the airy in I think the Badlands, which is like the big, the, there's like big sort of city buildings um, way, way up high. And there's some people up there that are, I guess they harvest bird shit and use it for things. But they have these floating boats that they use to get around up there. And you can buy the floating boat bike parts from them. They don't let you fly. Yeah. I was I was disappointed that the bug bike didn't have like dragonfly wings as its central part. Because yeah. I'm like, it's the description implies there's going to be bug wings and you didn't give me bug wings. You just gave me little skittery feet, which are cute, but I wanted dragonfly wings on my bike. Yeah. The bikes the... were not as cool as as they they promised to be in a lot of cases. Yeah. They look First pretty cool. Get this really cool. Yeah, it's just not very fast and it kind of. I don't know. I I did a lot of barrel rolls in that bike. 
Yeah, I barrel rolls. I I had one. I had like one thing where I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just put on some of these parts that don't have very good handling, but I like the aesthetics. Like, how much could handling really affect the experience anyway? I think it was the boat parts. I'm like, yeah. these boat ones are like faster, but they don't have very good handling. I'm sure it's fine. And then I spent so much time rolling. I'm like, all right, this is not going to make it. This is not going to work with my nausea. I have, to, I have to get my handling back up. Yeah. What really helped was like releasing the acceleration before you hit the ground. Yep. Yeah, I did. I did get better at that over time, but not a bunch. Yeah. Um let's see what there else. Was so, there were so many masks. Like there it's when I got to the end, there's a you're in this hall where there's like these statues and every one of them has one of the masks that you could choose based on what you got. And there was space for a lot more masks. Yeah, let uh, me um let me pull up a list because I got every mask. I'm pretty sure I got every mask except for the chum the chum mask. Um let me just see. Is there is there find... a hunter's mask? Because one of the kids in the camp says something about like getting the hunter's mask. There's there's not at least you meet one hunter. You meet a hunter in like the geyser area of the waste. But as far as I can tell, there's no way to get any hunter badges or masks. Okay. Which is uh, upsetting. Um. Okay, that's not what I wanted. Let's see. Uh, sable masks. I ended up going with the machinist's mask because I only had like four masks four or five masks um and of those that was the one that was best but i wish i could have gotten the climber's mask so okay there's the cartographer's mask the climber's mask the scrapper the shade of ecria that's the one i actually ended up picking is the shade of ecria um the entertainer's mask which is pretty how do you get that so there's all the quests start in ecria there's two quests there's one where you play hide and seek with three kids Mm-hmm. Um, there's one where a kid asks you to grab him a flower that's like on a kind of like high plateau. Off I the got distance. the flower, but not the quest. <laughs> yeah, I got the flower first, and then I was just like walking around talking to people, and I found the kid, and he's like, "Oh, you got the flower?" I, was, I did. Um, so he gives you he gives you an entertainer's badge, and then there's there's that little shrine area off to the side where you meet um, someone from the atomic priesthood. And she sends you off on a big, like a big long quest to find someone named Lore, who is uh, Lore the Fabulist. She's like basically a, a musician poet. Oh, um, I found that person. I did not realize they were part of a quest. They seemed like sort of a letdown where I'm like, oh, you spend a night talking to this storyteller. It's like, okay. I I had an interesting thing when I finally found her. Yeah, so t- the the quest is you have to go to each of the um you have to go to Burnt Oak, Marrow Bone and Seven Sisters like the camps and ask wh- about where Laura is and then that leads you up into the wastes and you have to like solve the kind of puzzle. Like I think you're supposed to follow the archer statues which way they're pointing. Um I just happened to find the right place and went in there. But when I went in there the the character model for Laura was bugged, and I just she was just invisible. Oh no! So I just I spent the whole cutscene just like talking to myself. Um, but yeah, you go back to the atomic priesthood person, and they no, actually, Laura gives you the um the entertainer's badge. I see. And then you you turn that in. So the entertainer's mask, the machinist's mask. Um, there is also 
I'm trying to remember the other ones. There's the the like spacesuit that you get in the whale. Yep. There's um the sandworm mask. There's there's the ibexi mask, which is the like the first one you get when you start yeah, that, your gliding. That's your your clan. So if you want to just like live with your clan and and help support mm-hmm. the clan, you can choose that mask. There's um there's like the Beetle Guild mask. <laughs> They've got their own mask, which is pretty great. I almost picked that one. Um I, I had two I think I had two of those badges and I never got the third one because I didn't want to go find the like little glow worms or whatever. Yeah. Um Let's see. At that point, it was like 11.15 last night. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's the Ekrine Guards mask that you get from... from, Well, you get badges from Elizabeth if you go around and meet her and do her quests. And then you get one in Ekria when you, like, solve the mystery or whatever. Yeah. You don't actually solve the mystery, by the way. Um, You just gather enough clues to accuse someone. And then the guard you're talking to is like, ah, I don't know if I believe that. There's there's too many holes in your story. Oh, is yeah. there not is there not a way to get a good outcome on that? Not really. Oh. I was just happy to be done with the quest. Yeah, yeah. Same. like you you collect the clues at the atomic heart, and then it's like, well, we we got to figure out who these suspects are, and the suspects are like one of the climber outside of the gates, um, the the leader of the merchants guild. That's another mask look- you can get. And the local and, machinist. And the local machinist. And each of them like accuses the other one of the other two. Um, and you just have to you just have to pick one. And in the end, and maybe I didn't get enough clues, but I think I got everything and they gave me the badge for it. But um in the end the guard is like, eh, I don't know. And that nothing, was just nothing changes. I had assumed there was say I assumed the correct answer was the merchant, because uh, she seemed the most guilty. Um, and I assumed because the guard said something about like, oh, it'd be, it's going to be real tricky to put together a case against her. I assumed there was some kind of like very well hidden piece of evidence that you could get by like talking to someone in the city or something like that, um, that would clinch the case. Um, but then I was like, I don't really have the time or interest in tracking that down. So I'm just going to accuse her now. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Plus I had the annoying thing that I couldn't find the merchant. Mm, that It took me a while to find her, too. Oh, yeah, because you got to talk to the lady and give her a pomegranate. Or money. Yep. Uh, and you could just buy all three merchant badges from her. Yeah, I don't know if there's another way to get merchant badges, honestly. If there were, yeah. I didn't I didn't see any. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of if there, if there are any masks that I'm missing. Um... But I think that's at the very least most of them. Um, and okay. you can pick. There's also can, oh no, that's the scrapper mask. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, the scrapper mask. I don't know if I said that, but um, yeah. And you can pick any of these masks. Um, at at it, it even lets you pick the sandworm mask. I guess the sandworm mask is the one that I didn't say. There's the sandworm mask. Um, wow. The flavor, <laughs> the flavor text when you what um, at at the like the time that you choose you are you go back to the temple where you um, where you picked up the stone, and the masks show up on all of these statues around you, and you can walk up to everyone and like think about is this the one that I want to pick for the rest of my life. And it gives you flavor text when you go up to the sandworm mask. The text is like, so here's everything I know about this mask. 
It looks like it's made out of dead baby sandworms, and the last person who owned it went insane. <laughs> Do I want to pick this mask? <laughs> yeah. What do you become? What's your profession? Who knows? Sandworm guess, wrangler. Yeah, I guess you just become like a, 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 a an insane acolyte of the ancient sandworm fucking voice whispering in your brain. I don't know. I feel like I I should go back and at least try that dungeon, because that sounds cool and weird. It was the most off-putting part of the entire game, for sure. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, the, I, I think that was all the masks. Yeah, so. I, I ended up with, and again, I like cut short a lot of the stuff I would have otherwise done because uh, I wanted to like see the end of the game um, before we recorded. But I got a fair number of them, I guess. I got the atomic mask from the whale. Uh, I got the cartographer's mask, the machinist's mask, the abexi mask, because you always get that, um, the merchant, and the scrapper. So, at least six. And yeah. possibly one other that I'm forgetting. Yeah. Um, and in the end, it really... It doesn't matter which one you pick, because you pick it and you walk out of the temple and the game just ends. Yeah. I think, I think the only difference is the text that you get. Like, I, I picked the, um, the, the Shade of Ecria mask, because it's like... Mm -hmm the whole the, the texts that you get was like you know the most important thing is helping people blah 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 yeah. i just want to be a force for good and i did i did wear that mask through most of the game because it looked really cool and it looked really cool with the um the hakoan crystal yeah that, crystal that clothing gallery. is so cool <laughs> it's cool and it makes a nice noise um i wore that with yeah i wore that with the shade of Ecria mask because right. the the shade of Ecria mask, by the way, dear listeners, is so fucking cool. It's just covered in eyes, and the eyes are all animated, and they're all just like spinning around and looking in different directions constantly. It's very cool and creepy. Nice. Um, but yeah, you 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 leave the um, or you pick the mask, and <laughs> and you're like, I'm going with the shade of Ecria mask. I I have no idea how I'm going to explain this to Jotty, but uh. <laughs> and then the game just ends. So. Yeah, I the I picked the machinist mask and I got some text about like um thinking about like Simoon being my companion on my journey and like thinking about her sense of humor and how much I liked it and then I'm like wait, have I ever like had a thought about her sense of humor before? Like I don't understand like you know, I wouldn't have uh like put it in words quite that way before, but like I guess I did think of it that way and the the narration style of this game was super interesting because a lot of the text you get is you have like normal npc dialogue where your character talks to other characters but then in between that you have first person narration by sable in a different font which was a little like took a little getting used to in the beginning yeah and it's it's more of an internal monologue type of thing yeah. where it's like I, I hope she can tell that I'm smiling behind my mask or yeah. or something like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, um, oh, I'm so exciting for the gliding that's coming up today, but also nervous. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, you know, what, what your reactions are to the people that you meet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also her, a lot of her, uh, um, like, internal self-doubt and... Uh, and um, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, watch my face. Uh, the word. Just like 
just like insecurities. Kind of. her, yeah, her insecurities. insecurities about like her height and capabilities and things yeah. like that. <laughs> like a, a lot of it seems to be like, yeah, I, I hope that I, I hope that I seem more casual and cool than I, than I really feel to whoever I'm talking to. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like the, a lot of, uh, a lot of times she'll meet the cartographers and they'll be like, oh, you know, it's surprising that, you know, you were strong enough to get up here. And she'll be like, uh, oh, oh yeah, it's because I'm real strong. <laughs> you know? It's like, aw. Mm -hmm. there's, there's some bravado to it that's kind of cute. I don't know. Um, I feel like Sable as a character was more characterized than I, I was expecting. Right, like usually those characters are a little bit more blank slatey, especially since it's very much a like coming of age and deciding you who you want to be sort of story. Mm -hmm. um, but they actually went quite a ways to characterize her, and I I don't think it's necessarily like a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a a design decision they made. Yeah, um, I don't know. What else is there to talk about? The uh, we talked about the influences of like the the similarities to other games. We talked about the overall jankiness. Um, we talked about like the different tiers of reward systems. Um, talked about all the cool locations and world building. Um, I don't know. I guess like a plea for more like chill games like this. I yeah. I really like game. I didn't think I would. You know, like it doesn't, it's not how I think of the sorts of games I enjoy, but it turns out I really like games where they're like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff you can do if you want. No pressure. Go back home whenever you want to be done with the game. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Even, even the, <clears throat> like the in-game text that you get that tells you, you know, you can go finish the gliding now and pick your mask. It's just like, yeah, well, we're, we're back. We're back at the camp where, where you left off at. Um, if you want to come home and pick your mask, cool. If you're not ready yet, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I wish I could go on a gliding. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Same. I, I appreciate, I hope this game doesn't get um, too like, um, like panned critically because of the amount of jank in it. It is, it is a high percentage jank. It is a it is a noticeable like detriment to playing the game in many instances, but it's like underneath that it's a very cool game. Yeah. And so um, I hope I hope people can look past that when playing. Yeah, honestly, I just I'm like I'm just looking at the reviews right now and it's not like it's like it's got a 77 on Metacritic right now, which isn't like incredible, but it's it's not bad. It's, yeah, it's you know, mostly mostly recommended. Um so that's yeah, that's fair. I would I would agree that, you know, it's certainly rough around the edges, but it's perfectly enjoyable, and I enjoyed it yeah. uh, a lot, actually. So yeah, more games with cool, unique world building, and more games where you climb up stuff and glide off of it, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also. I, this is a sm such a small thing, but I really love the uh, aesthetic choice of um, the way the the uh, stamina meter looks. 
it's like mm-hmm. this really cool visual design and it's kind of you know it's basically the breath of the wild stamina meter but it's just prettier for no you know no practical reason just because it looks cool sorry i'm just looking at um one of the bad reviews on metacritic where someone is called has called it a woke zelda clone what which is i in what um, way is this game woke i don't <laughs> like I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, of all the games that I've played recently that could be argued to have, like, a, you know, a liberal agenda or whatever, this is not one I would put on that list. Yeah, it's... I am definitely puzzled by that. Um, And, like, Zelda clone is also both not giving it enough credit and giving it too much credit. Yeah, it, 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 it's basically, okay, here are the elements it has. The climbing and the stamina meter, the, the gliding, uh, and the big open world. And, also, and I like, would say that those are not like specific to a Zelda game, Yeah, but more specific to Breath of the yeah. Wild Breath and of the maybe Wild Skyward and, Sword. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and, and open world games generally these days. Right, mm-hmm. like it has a lot of open world elements. I would also say that a lot of the uh, internal ship puzzles feel very Zelda-y. Um, that is true. Yeah, like they have that sort of like here's a bunch of switches and things that you plug into them, figure out what order to put it in. But that's like also all you know environmental puzzle games, right? Like yeah. that's also not exclusive to Zelda. Yeah, I think they're clever enough to match Zelda. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying like it's giving it a little too much credit, right? Like, yeah. it's yeah. it has some it it has a lot of genre stuff in common with Breath of the Wild. Um, so in that sense, you can say that like Breath of the Wild is an influence, but it doesn't like it doesn't feel like they're trying to clone that game. Like that would be yeah. such a uh, an a, an ambition that this game does not strive for. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm still trying to think of like what. What is woke about this? Um, the fact that it has a female main character is that literally the only thing? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like, maybe at no some combat. point, no combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe at some point there are like there are characters who are like implied to not be straight or some like I. But I don't not know. That I re- not that I not that I notice yeah. or remember. I mean, arguably, it has sort of an environmentalism message because of the, like, history with the ships thing, but that's, like, tenuous at best. You know what? I think I cracked it. Maybe it's all of the goddess worship. (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah, I have no fucking clue. Very, very, very goofy review. That is someone who doesn't understand what the word woke means, I guess. I want to... I want to see this person's other reviews. Um, <laughs> um, Just someone see. that does not understand what woke means. They gave Metroid. I don't agree with that person. <laughs> they gave Metroid Dread a zero, um, which I haven't played. But so they so they just don't like good. they just don't like yeah. games that star female main characters. It sounds like. Um and Elite Dangerous Odyssey, which is I, I mean I don't even I have never played any of those games, but they also gave that a zero. They gave Sable a four, and they gave Star Wars Episode One Racer a six. And I think it's that's just a all troll. of their yeah, that's all of their scores. So this is just a troll then. But the descriptions, like um, 
like they're they're actually talking about you know actual gameplay experiences like metroid dread aim mode is hot garbage otherwise it's just metroid samus returns for 3ds again boring level design ugly graphics bland color scheme subpar music a focus on sneaking but like they're actually talking about the gameplay it's not like just troll no, games, i'm sure they played reviews. the I th- i'm sure they played the game but it's just someone who wants to have a negative review for a negative review's sake it sounds like um yeah except for except for they really like star wars episode one racer I guess um, yeah, that that did remind stupid. me though uh, of one one more little jank thing, which I know we talked about sound effects uh, playing at weird times earlier, but the sound design in general for this was real hit or miss. Like there were some really good sound effects, and there were also some that like I winced every time I heard them. In particular, the like picking up a uh, a group yeah, scrap. of scrap. Yeah, very loud. Um, loud and like just jarring and unpleasant for something that is supposed to be like hooray you got five scrap at once like celebration type thing it was like an unpleasant sound it almost is like did they just play the scrap pickup sound five times simultaneously so it sounds very loud yeah Um, something yeah yeah a game with again a game with a lot of problems that I really enjoyed (laughs) yeah um, I don't remember. I don't remember what I thought about the music. I feel like it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was it was there, and sometimes it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. it, but it didn't. It. I feel like at only well, I think the only points where you really need to have music feels like when you're in a settlement of some kind or like mm-hmm. at a destination. But otherwise, if there's no music yeah. playing and you're just in a desert, that's cool. Yeah, and I did. I really loved how visually distinct each of the different areas of the game was. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's definitely some some places and some landscapes that, like, I will probably remember for a really long time from this game because they were just kind of like really stuck out to me visually. Like the the like black sands that you go to with the uh, with the like smoke geysers that come out of them, and that petrified forest was like super cool. Um, I still remember the first time I went into the um the the like the sodic wastes because I <clears throat> I had done the wind tower and I was like, "Oh, what's over here? There's another part of the map." And I just went there and all of a sudden everything turns white and perfectly flat and there's just these big black like square stone yeah. like formations just like reaching out of the ground and, and the geysers and everything. And I was going to say it looks like they're billowing smoke, but a lot of it is just these huge flocks of birds. Yeah, and like and, that's really cool. And then so, that gives way to like the 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 shipyard with all of just these like husks of big ships. Like it's a very very cool zone. Lots of cool stuff. Yeah, and you can ride your motorbike cuz it's flat. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually ride your motorbike there because it's flat. Yeah. You don't spend every other step bouncing off of, like, some tiny little polygon of geometry in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So, good good game. Game we enjoyed, but, like, go go into it prepared that this is going to play like a two-person indie game and has a just just real janky maybe wait a few weeks see if they release some patches i guess there already was one patch i guess there were like 
even even worse UI issues immediately at launch, and that got patched up pretty quick. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there were a couple of other patches um, in in the works, but you know, you never know. But yeah, I agree. It's a good game if you can put up with lots of bugs. Go ahead and play it, and if you can't, maybe wait or yeah. maybe skip it. But yeah, we all we all played this on Game Pass, so if you have a Game Pass subscription, it's free. You might as well try it. Yeah. Also, it seems like um, Game Pass versions of games, in particular, sometimes have more issues than than other. Interesting. Um, I wonder if they have a, a process for submitting patches that delays them from coming online. I would have to wonder the same, but yeah, like there, um, I feel like a, a lot of times, like I'll see reviews of games on Game Pass. It's like it doesn't launch. Like, oh, oh no. Yeah, um, I think Game Pass itself is kind of buggy. Um, like Huck yeah. had a real rough time trying to install it, and even I had to like crash the installer <laughs> once during the process. So, um, yeah. you know, there's that. But uh, it's, um. I know from some of the stuff we did with Wintermore that like each platform has its own process for like submitting a patch and some of them are much more um, like annoying than others. Like some of them you have mm. to go through a whole QA process again with the, and have it like recertified um, the Wii or not the Wii, the, um, the switch I know has like a, a lifetime limit on like the number of, like the size of data you can upload for patches, like as a combined total, like it's, you know, X, X megabytes or whatever that you are allowed to upload as, as patches and updates. And then it, once you hit that cap, you can't upload any more patches or updates. Um, that sounds and, awful. Yeah. And so you have to like, be really, really sure you're updating only the files that you need to update and that you have like, exactly the fixes you want i mean it's you know it's put in place to prevent people from releasing a really broken game and then uploading a new patch for it every week right like that's yeah. what they're trying to forestall um mm -hmm. but you got it you got to be real careful that your patches are like as small as possible and um are, are patching only exactly what you want to patch yeah um, so maybe Game Pass has something like that where it's like they have to do some kind of vetting process or there's some weird red tape backend thing that takes a while to get patches up or something. Yeah, you never know. But that's this this has been Sable. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, our next game is also on Game Pass. Yeah, it is. I didn't even realize. I'm glad. I'm glad that it released on Game Pass right away. Um, the next game that we are playing just came out. Carl and I backed it on Kickstarter. We're playing The Good Life, um, Swery's most recent title, um, developed oh, and published. This is a Swery by... game. Oh, oh yeah, it's a Swery game. Okay, I thought you knew that. Yeah, this is. This <laughs> I is think a I did, game. but I forgot. <laughs> yeah, this is a Swery game. Um, that man, that makes the thumbnail even funnier. Uh, I was looking yeah. at the thumbnail of this game in Game Pass, and it looks like all of the ads for those, like, mobile, like, makeover games that look so terrible, and I can't get that out of my head. The fact that that's a sweary game makes that really funny. <laughs> but go yeah. on. You, um... <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to, um, fix Naomi's, uh, dental issues and pull her bad teeth. 
Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she'll so she'll get a boyfriend. Yeah, so she can get a boyfriend, so she can go to the party in her in her cute dress. Um, yeah, we're playing the good life. It is a an open world photography mystery with some uh, some magic. I guess you can be you can be a dog or a cat. And the 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 thumbnail is this like plastic doll looking girl 3D model uh, who is flanked by a cat and dog wearing the same sunglasses as her. Um, which is just like, I don't know, that, that combination of those three, like cute blonde girl with like fashionable sunglasses and like big eyed animals next to her somehow read to me as like mobile makeup for game. Uh, I like it. I, uh, I didn't, I mean, now that, gonna, now that you I, said that, I'm not going to be able to unsee it either because <laughs> I came into it like with too much background knowledge. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to go into this game and evaluate it entirely on how good of a makeover game it is. That's going to be my my yeah, my I mean, little can, bit for this review. You can buy new clothes, I think. Um <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think I got I actually think I got a special sweater. Yeah. Or sweatshirt for having six out of six it. out of ten dress up game somewhat ruined by annoying mystery going on in background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what we're playing next. Um, maybe two weeks. I'm out of town like all of next week, so it might have to be three weeks. Also, we have no idea how long the game is because it came out on Thursday and there's no entries on how long to beat. So it, it could be three weeks. Who knows? Yeah, it could um, be four weeks. Maybe it's like a 40-hour yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it's just Deadly Premonition again. Um, Deadly Premonition isn't even 40 hours, but it's pretty long. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's where we're at. Um, yeah, we'll let you know. Chances of it being a multi-week, like a, a more than two-week episode, very high. Yeah, as you do. Um, but that's where we're at. So I guess I can do Twitter plugs now. You can find uh, the podcast Twitter on Twitter. What a what a surprise! At Feedback Force. Um, the links to our Discord are there. The links to all of our past episodes are there. Um, iTunes, whatever. We're also on Spotify. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Kelso Time Bomb. Not sure why you'd want to, but there it is. Yep. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyla underscore Go, um, and you can follow the game I made on Twitter at Wintermore TC, uh, and you can also buy Wintermore Tactics Club on Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, as well as PC. And you can follow me on Twitter at Gug3. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah, we... and we will be back in a couple weeks with uh, with our thoughts on on dress up game <laughs> on on the good life the uh, the mobile <laughs> the mobile makeover game. Yes. Will Naomi get a boyfriend? Will she Will she seduce the prince and become yep. the queen? Even though that's <laughs> not necessarily how that works. Uh, <laughs> yep. God, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we. Uh, how have we how, how like why are there so many of these games that we are all getting ads for all the time that we all like instantly know exactly the one i think the thing is that everybody is just constantly getting ads for those games i guess um, so yeah it's uh it must be a it, really popular genre <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I guess when you are a female who plays games, you get advertised these things. 
that might be it it, it just but, reminds me of like i don't remember however many years ago where like it seems like every uh every ad had a had a kind of or every every website had like a kind of shady ad server um and you would always get those ebony ebony online ads with like a big titty lady and the text just reads play now my lord um god yeah um yeah i'm getting a lot of ads lately for like some kind of dating sim game about demons but maybe they also run a cafe i think um i don't i don't know i i hate the the evolution of the the dating sim viznov um as it has become on mobile because it's all it's all just in-app purchases you got to do an in-app purchase to talk to the boy you want you got to do in-app purchases to talk to the boy you don't want like you got to do in-app purchases uh if you pick the wrong dialogue option to uh to erase the the bad mood that has been caused in your favorite boy by the bad dialogue option like oh it's just so cancerous yeah so much God, bad monetization really like hops from genre to genre. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, oh well. <laughs> That's the good, the good life. Probably not that. Yeah, I I should hope not. A sweary um, game. Here's hoping this will be a sweary game that I don't rage quit this time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess we'll find out in in two to three weeks. Yep. So you 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 too, dear listener, will find out then. Uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.